This will be uh, part number two of this week's Nolcast. As always, want to thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana Hot Sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic partner for the Nolcast. And uh, with that, we'll uh, resume our regularly scheduled content. We do have some interesting numbers for Florida State and also for some of Florida State's rivals. This is the part of the show where I think what we're going to say is is probably going to be abrasive to some people. It's certainly not intentional. Uh, it's just a honest conversation uh, about a line and kind of where Florida State stands right now. If we get 10 minutes down uh, in, in, further into the show and start to talk about uh, JUCO possibilities, and uh, I think Bud and I have been pretty clear on this podcast, we'll, we are more than happy to evaluate uh, win, win totals and win projections uh, when significant pieces of, of the roster may get announced or become more clear. But as the roster sits right now, Florida State's looking at a over-under of, what, seven and a half? That's, I would take the under on that. And I'm, I'm certainly not, I don't say that with any kind of zeal or, or happy about that, but um, it's a it's a very, very flawed roster right now. And I'm not trying to say that uh, sounded off like I'm, uh, you know, dismissive or anything else. It's just the, it's just the raw truth. Look, I, I, I think, that you're spot on here. If if you could lock in seven wins in the regular season for four state right now and take seven and five, or God, eight and four, you absolutely do it. If Mike Norvell goes eight and four with this squad in the regular season, they should throw him a parade down Tennessee Street. I mean, like this, this is a pretty flawed roster because you do have the offensive line problems, which, which are just absolutely huge. You, you, I don't know that you have anybody who can play at an average level at, at, at either tackle position. You don't really know what you have at guard. You, you like to hope that, that, that you know, Dante is going to be ready to go there. Um, Brady Scott's not a terrible player, but he's certainly not a good or average player. He's, you know, kind of below average, bad level grades. There's just a certain number of games that you just can't win because you just don't, you just physically cannot block the opponent. That's not a position where I think coaching is going to be like massively improved because I already think that they were extremely well coached last year on the offensive line and just, they don't have they don't have the players. They, they don't have the physical talent to, to do it. And when you have that limitation, there's just a certain number of losses you're going to start the season with. And I, I'll, I'll let you know. I I don't really feel the need to appeal to other guys on the beat. But we were all the last time we were all up there together at, at the coaches' luncheon. We were all just kind of shooting the breeze, and we were talking about what we thought the over under would come out at. And I said, yeah, probably seven. You know, maybe seven and a half. And uh, a guy who I know a lot of people on the beat respect a whole lot literally said. If they can win seven games in a regular season, Coach Norvell should do a backflip with this roster. Now, I'm not going to put his name out there because I don't know, you know if he wants that publicly known, but these are people who have seen practice too in person, and they're not that impressed. But I do think it's interesting. Like, It's not like Vegas doesn't realize that Florida State didn't have spring practice. It's not like Vegas doesn't realize that Florida State's roster uh, is very uneven and has some holes and some obvious strengths. So maybe this says more about some of the opponents on Florida State's schedule uh, than it does about Florida State. I, that was kind of an interesting thing to me. Like I clearly they're going to play some teams that, that are better than them. Like I think Miami's clearly better than them. Florida's clearly better, obviously, and then Clemson is in another stratosphere. But other than that, like there are a lot of potential games that they, in theory, you know, really could win. There certainly is, and, and there certainly is a theory that there's some nice pieces on this roster that can get coached up. But uh, uh, you know, there were there was good and bad on the on the previous staff when it comes to coaches. I'm not sure there's quite the jump that uh, some would love, but there's also just a lot of there's just some clunkers on the roster. You know, there there's just some pieces that are going to be real tough to get a whole lot out of. So 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, again, not something that is a, a fun conversation to talk about. Some of the other people that uh, Florida State loves to judge themselves again, uh, Clemson, we talked about their odds to win the ACC. They're at 11 and a half. That's a um, hell of a strong number there. Uh, Florida at nine and a half and Miami at eight and a half. Yeah, look, I mean, with Clemson, obviously, they're basically saying, are they going to have a slip up? And the answer is probably no. With Florida, it's Florida nine and a half is interesting because I, I that team could go nine and three. Certainly, you have a couple losable games on that schedule. They do have to go to Tennessee, which some people think will be improved. Uh, they have to play Georgia at the neutral site, and then they they get I think they get LSU in, in Gainesville this year, right? And that's an LSU team that lost an awful lot. So we'll we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see there. But nine and a half makes sense for them. You know, Miami's a team that that I was I was very interested in betting the over on. Uh, if they would have had a spring practice with with Derek King and those guys, but now I don't know how the new offensive coordinator uh, and, and quarterback are, are going to uh, going to look, which is obviously a question for Florida State too, right? You have new coordinators and new coaches at basically every single position, with the exception of defensive tackles and receivers, but with your holdovers and uh, Odell and and Ron Dugans. That that's that's an interesting one there. So I'm looking at, at some more. If you acknowledge that Clemson, Florida, and Miami are going to be significant favorites over the Knowles, and people don't like to hear me say that about Miami, but look, Miami kicked your ass last year in Tallahassee, and they'll be a better team this year and the games down there in Miami. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take facts over fandom on that one. If you accept that those three teams are going to be pretty big favorites over you, then you kind of want to start to look at what these other teams are. Here's an interesting one for you. NC State? Four and a half. Now, look, I know these are really early and they're really just throwing out a look behind the curtain. They're throwing these numbers out this early because they, because these books, they're desperate for some operating capital and they want to get your money there just so they can pay their employees because there's no sports going on right now because not a whole lot of people like to bet on you know Belarus playoff hockey, which is like the only thing going on along with table tennis and Madden simulations, which are actually a thing people are betting on right now. So uh, don't be surprised if some of these numbers aren't that sharp. But I think NC State four and a half is a really interesting number. And that, that maybe suggests that that road game that Florida State has maybe is more winnable th- than I think. Okay. Wake Forest six and a half. So Wake Forest, a, a team that right now the, the Vegas numbers would project to basically barely make a bowl. Um, you know, with West Virginia, Five and a half. Now, part of that is because they, they do play in a Big 12 that doesn't have a lot of obvious wins, but not a whole lot of guaranteed losses for the Mountaineers, Mountaineers either. So that, that to me, uh, was a pretty interesting one. Now, you can get different numbers of different sports books, but again, I, I think that as I look at this, Ingram, is it possible? And by the way, Pitt, six and a half. I'm just looking at some other ones here. Uh, let's go to Boston College. BC is at Four and a half. So again, another team that they're projecting not to make a bowl. It doesn't surprise me given that they have a whole new coaching staff who you know, didn't even have a signing class. Uh, Syracuse, a real wild card team this year, I believe on the schedule, five and a half wins. So, I mean, Syracuse, Boston College, and NC State are three conference games, and those three teams are not projected to make a bowl this year. I mean, barely, but but they're not. Is it possible? And I'm just throwing this out there, and I'm just you know BSing after a couple of bourbons. Is it possible that Florida State's schedule has more certainty than we originally believed? And by that I meant more guaranteed wins 
and more guaranteed loss? Like, are, are we talking about fewer toss-up games, perhaps, than than we originally, originally anticipated? Uh, I don't think that's a, an absurd idea. I mean, I mean, I do think that there's a real legitimate idea uh, can be floated around that your your non-conference, and I'm I'm not referencing the Florida game, but uh, your non-conference is going to go a long way in determining ultimately whether or not you look back on this and and see this as a success. And that's a a neutral site game in Atlanta, and in theory. A, uh, and both of those games are very much in theory right now, but in theory, a trip uh, to Boise. So, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more certainty with some of the holes in the conference. You know, we can appreciate our own our own holes in the roster and deficiencies on the team that we're so familiar with uh, and maybe not see others and uh, seeing a line like or seeing a number like four and a half next to somebody like NC State was uh, was surprising for me. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that one really jumps out at me. I'd be interested to see what what their number is. At some of the other books, uh, four and a half. Wow, I, I I haven't checked NC State's schedule in the non-conference. I mean that that number to me almost suggests that NC State uh, has like are, are they secretly playing Alabama or something like that that, that I, I didn't know about uh, here. That that's that's curious to me. Well, yeah. The other thing is, and I, it's not like I don't know. I mean, do you really want to say is Raleigh a thing for Florida State? I'm not. It sure. shouldn't be, but. I'm I'm leery of just saying a trip to a trip to NC State's an automatic win for Florida State, uh, very much so. DraftKings has them at, at five even, but still, I mean that that's that's not five and a half, right? Like like five even is not uh, is not a ton. Maybe Florida State can capitalize on the bottom half of the ACC and find a way to get itself to seven wins, um, like it. Seven wins, hypothetically, or if I could paint you this picture, like let, let's let's say you're, you're going to lose Clemson, Florida, Miami, and Boise. That kind of sucks right there because then, then then you're at four you're at four losses already. But if we're going to assume you have more guaranteed wins, like then you need to basically go X like X and one against this group. Let, let's assume you win just based on those win totals: Sanford, NC State, uh, Wake, and Doak. Boston College and Doak and at Cuse. Then you need to go X and one with X being, let me see, West Virginia at Louisville, Pitt. Can you go two and one West Virginia at Louisville, Pitt to go seven and five? I think that's possible. I think it's very it's possible. quite possible. Yeah. All right, Ingram, let's, let's pause real briefly here to bring you a message from Travis Johnson. Travis Johnson is a longtime sponsor of the Nolcast and a proud supporter of ours. He's also a board certified family law expert. There are 110,000 attorneys in the state of Florida and less than 0.002% of them are board certified in family law. That means when you call Travis Johnson at 850-435-9919, you are getting one of the very few experts in the field of family law in the state of Florida. That, that's a pretty big deal. And here's Travis's message to you. We know this is a pretty trying time. So Travis writes, I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy during this pandemic. Hopefully, the measures being taken across the state and country will limit the scope and duration of the current problems. However, these same measures have already resulted in millions of people being laid off, furloughed, or losing their income, with more sure to come. No one knows how long the situation will last, but if you have a child support or alimony obligation, you need to know that the requirement for you to pay support does not automatically change when your circumstances change. It's important to seek a court-ordered modification of your child support or alimony payment as soon as possible as any reduction can only be made retroactive to the time of the filing. 
Travis will actually offer you right now a free consult and will work with you on flexible rate payments. So check that out. If you call Travis, 850-435-9919, free consult and flexible rate payments. We know a lot of y'all have changing circumstances. Please take that number down again, 850-435-9919. You might not need it today, but it's great to have when you do. And we thank Travis for support of the show. At this point in the show, bud, we'll flash back to my previous uh, or something I used to do, which is I'd be a radio producer and I'd write teases before the break for hosts to read. In this instance, I might write something like how unenforced errors on social media could impact Florida State's uh, win total in 2020. Uh, let's let's take it from there. I like that teaser. Yeah, because now we're going to talk about some transfer possibilities. Thank you uh, to Mike Leach for possibly opening the door for some transfers from uh, Mississippi State. Mike Leach with an unforced error here uh, in tweeting uh, a uh, tweet about a noose. Ingram, uh, basically, it was a it was a meme saying something tied to quarantine and the wife was going to kill the husband or something like that. Yeah. yeah, the grandma was or the wife was was uh, knitting a scarf for her husband. And the picture is a very famous picture of a uh, person holding a noose um, that's been transposed over, et cetera. I'm not going to get into all that. Obviously, not a great thing to tweet. And uh, several players from Mississippi State uh, have elected to put their name into the transfer portal. Uh, as a result of that, or at least contemporaneously uh, with that. So that's why they're transferring ostensibly. And two of those names uh, have surfaced on the radar for, for the Seminoles. And one, of course, being Brevin Jones, an offensive lineman. Offensive lineman alert. We kind of need like a siren or something every time we talk about potential offensive linemen. Maybe Justin can throw that in for us. I know I know he's really good with the sound effects. We're not a huge sound effects show, but I, I might authorize an offensive lineman transfer siren. What, what do you think? Like, are, are you down for that? I would have no problem at this point. Yeah, let's let's go for it. And and if you have an offensive lineman siren, let's let's ring it twice if we can point to some kind of uh, perhaps pre-existing relationship between Florida State's offensive line coach and and uh, one of the gentlemen that we're about to talk about here. Indeed, uh, and in addition to defensive tackle Fabian Lovett, uh, also of Mississippi State. Ingram, I know you have some background on both of these guys. So love it to, uh, I mean, yeah, love to love to get a prospect like that. He's around 6'4", 260, 265, uh, kind of a strong side defensive end, uh, something that Florida State would be very interested right now. Uh, but Jones is um, actually previously committed to Tulane, and I bring this up because he committed to Tulane in the summer of 2018. I think uh, Coach Atkins left Tulane to take the Charlotte job either late December of 18, early January of 19. So um, if nothing else, uh, obviously somebody that uh, that Atkins had done a, a decent amount of evaluating and has a has a pretty strong pre-existing relationship with, and you'd have to think that Florida State is uh, is very much in the running with uh, Brevin Jones. And I, I don't want to paint this kid to be like some kind of future All-American or something. He's, what, 6'5", maybe under 270. He's, he's not, you know, some kind of, a, of cure-all, but anybody who has a legitimate chance to play offensive tackle is uh, – is somebody that I will gleefully talk about on the Nolcast. And like we said, uh, if, if we see any kind of significant parts added to the roster, then uh, that's a real legitimate time to circle back and, and take stock of, as to whether or not we need to adjust Florida State's over-under. I'm going to pull out the uh, offensive line rebuilding plan here. I don't know if you can hear me flipping through these pages. 
Uh, but it says here, 2020, the goal is to get to below average. Last year, the goal was to get to bad. And 2018, obviously, the status was uh, like terrible slash unwatchable. Uh, last year, they almost got to bad. So like I think we gave them probably like a slightly failing grade there as far as just getting to bad instead of terrible. This year, I think maybe they can get to below average if they get another transfer in. If they don't, I, I don't have a, many hopes for this group because I just don't know you know, if any of the guys they have there at tackle can actually play football, um, which is potentially an issue uh, if you're trying to play football. Uh, but th- that's a great connection there, obviously, that, that Atkins has. And who knows? Maybe they can get these kids in. Maybe they can get them an immediate eligibility waiver. That would be awesome. Or perhaps... With the NCAA voting, I think the initial vote will be in April, and then the final vote will be in June or July. Obviously, all of these uh, de- like dates and deadlines are subject to change, given you know what we know about the uh, what we know about what coronavirus is doing to a lot of people's timelines. But may- maybe they'll just be immediately eligible if they do elect to transfer. I-, I did get a good nugget from a national reporter this week who I spoke with, and he said, "Hey, like I'm pretty tight." with one of the top uh, waiver attorneys out there. And like, that's the thing I should do, right? Like I should just quit this media stuff and go be a waiver attorney. I won't because like, what happens if you don't need waivers anymore? What happens if everybody's just freely granted, you know, automatic one-time transfer? So I'll I'll keep my current gig. Uh, But the waiver attorney told this guy that basically, look, uh, we're holding off on filing these waivers until we see what the status of the vote will be. Because there's no point in us filing getting denied and then having to fight to, to argue that we should be we should be covered by by the blanket uh, ruling. So we're going to wait to see if it's even worth it to file. And if they rule that players are not immediately eligible for the 2020 season, then we'll go ahead and file. So there's a chance that everybody in the portal right now is going to be immediately eligible come fall 2020. We, we just don't know it yet. All right, Bud's recording the Nolcast is brought to you by Resolution Home Loans. The guys at Rezo, Shannon Young and, and Chad, they, they've been killing the loan game for a long time. I got my home loan through them and my refi through them. They're, they are literally experts here in the in, in the mortgage field. Super happy with how my refi just went with them. We know a lot of Nolcast listeners also have just done their refis as well. Uh, but now we also want to want to let you guys know about something else, and, and that is potential uh, to unlock equity in your home as a way to, to handle some debt, right? Credit cards may not be the right answer for you. Unlocking some of that equity you, are, you already have in your home might be a much better and smarter option. Call them 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Tell them Bud and Ingr- Ingram sent you and you may be able to get out of a tough situation by unlocking some of that equity in your home or you know, like, like their, their existing products already. Their mortgage and the refi are also great. Two other kids that uh, that we probably need to talk about as, as potential transfer possibilities are both uh, defensive end, one from Arkansas State, William Bradley King, and then a potential uh, potentially Florida State being involved with Deontay Williams at Baylor. Yeah, so Bradley King is, best I can tell, a pretty damn good player. And if Florida State get him, they, they need to go ahead and do that. Like he, He's a really good player. I'm not aware yet of, of who else is involved with him, but I do know that Florida State uh, has been looking into him and we'll have to see you know, where he decides to take visits, if he is even able to take visits. That, that's something I think that has been, I don't want to say underreported, but I just haven't seen a whole lot of uh, people talking about that aspect yet of the shutdown. But many people have spoken about how recruiting visits have been canceled and, and they're correct, right? Like that's by NCAA rule. Uh, 
there are no recruiting visits going on right now. Uh, but the same applies to transfer visits. I mean, like by rule, they're not happening. Campuses are also closed right now. So like there's not really stuff to visit. Like Florida State doesn't have a bunch of coaches in the office right now. They have a couple guys, you know, going in, like one from each division, as I was told, basically. And then everybody else works from home. So like it's not like you could even go visit the campus if you wanted to. Now you could probably do some sort of virtual visit. We know Florida State's been doing that on the weekends. Uh, obviously, Kansas, I think, was the, was the one school that got the national recognition for doing that. Uh, but I like you, you got to think that they, if they can offer some playing time to Bradley King, that they'll be in it. It'll, it'll just depend on you know who else uh, who else is in it. Unfortunately for the Seminoles, they did lose out on Chris Murray. Chris Murray was the really good offensive lineman from UCLA who just kind of needs a clean slate somewhere else, you know, and he ended up choosing Oklahoma as did his former teammate uh, receiver, Theo Howard. So th- that continues a streak. And, and I know somebody uh, on the Knowles 24 seven message board was like, Oh, that continues the streak of Florida state, not landing the transfers at once. And I was like, yeah, but you could look at it like this. Like you could look at it as that continues the streak of high profile transfers, choosing schools that are, going to be in the playoff race as opposed to schools that are going to be fighting to make a bowl. You're just going to need some kind of strong extenuating circumstance uh, to get a kid who has the option to go to a place like Oklahoma and play uh, on the transfer market to get to get to choose you right now. And, uh, you know, it's something we've talked about previously. You don't want to belabor or, uh, or go on about it, but apples and oranges right now as far as kids' points of view. And the key word is right now. You know, like the, the keywords right now, it doesn't have to be the same, the same next year. It doesn't have to be the same the year after. But for this year, yeah, there's no doubt, man. Like you, you nailed it. All right. We'll pause uh, ever so briefly to thank our friends at uh, Madison Social for the Table Restaurant Group. As always, we will remind people that uh, the 17th of each month is Reuben Day and uh, by all accounts, very much remaining on the schedule. So uh, we've, we've talked about it. And like we said, the, the message really hadn't wavered much here. Just asking people to support uh, Matt Thompson and his entire team uh, in any way possible. And if that means going in for uh, a curbside pickup, that's fantastic. If it means going online uh, and ordering merchandise, uh, if it means ordering uh, gift cards in, in April and May with the idea of utilizing them in September, October, uh, we just ask that people do all they can uh, to continue to support our friends who uh, you know, make the experience of, of being a Florida State athletic supporter uh, all that more all that more of a more detailed, greater thing. And uh, nobody has their, their finger on the pulse of the fan base quite like they do. And also, uh, I, I hate the experience that they're going through, but if you want to talk about engines of uh, ingenuity and seeing really creative people uh, come up with ideas, it's it's been kind of interesting to see what Matt and his whole team have done. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll continue to be involved in uh, in some of the things that they're coming up with during this unique time. So, uh, a thank you to them as always, and a thank you to the listeners who have uh, really responded incredibly well so far and been wildly supportive of them. They were our day ones, and, and, and we're certainly pulling for them, and we love how our NOLCAST fans support them, whether it's buying a gift card or, or a t-shirt or you know, having their office, if they're local, go for takeout. Thanks, y'all, for supporting them, and we ask that you do keep doing so. Why don't we actually start with the with the idea of the dead per- period being extended, but that's a uh, Something I know you've written about, something you've been following, and uh, give our listeners just a, a greater idea as to some of the ramifications of that and how it might impact Florida State. Sure. So uh, basically, what, what the dead period is is 
It's no in-person contact. And that means no in-person contact on your campus, no in-person contact on the prospect's campus. You can't go to the prospect's house, et cetera. It's just literally, you cannot contact that prospect in person. You can't visit there. They can't visit you. Now, you can still text the prospect as much as you want. You can still call the prospect as much as you want. And schools are, to be sure. They 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 most certainly are. They're calling and texting like crazy. Uh, no official visits can, can be made. Now, you can schedule them if you want for later. But at the same time, like it's not really going to matter because, uh, you know, like like it, it only matters if they need, you know, er, er, excuse me, if if the dead period is lifted. But right now, the dead period is extended, I believe, through what May thirty first, uh, which is how most of the conferences as well have basically banned their team activities through. So there's not a lot of in person recruiting going on right now. In fact, there shouldn't be any because it's a violation, and we know that some schools have already been sort of slapped on the wrist. Uh, about this privately. And uh, to my knowledge, Florida State is not one of those schools that's been slapped for it. I, I don't think they're doing anything you know, that, that's not above board right now. But one thing they are doing, I think this is pretty interesting, is that they are using video games to try and reach out uh, to players. And, and I wrote about this recently. Florida State's doing it. Texas A&M is doing it. I know uh, Purdue is doing it as well. Uh, Bama coach Tosh Lupoy has actually uh, been famous for doing this for a long time, like back to when he was at Cal. So we're talking like probably a decade ago, but back then I think he was probably the only guy seriously doing it because he was just such a you know, young assistant. He was probably 25 when he was a, a, like a legitimate assistant coach at Cal. Uh, and, you know, I got to thinking about this and, and this makes a ton of sense why you would do this. And it's very smart for FSU to do this. Uh, also smart of the other schools that I mentioned. And so, you got these kids at home right now and, and they're bored and you have all of these colleges and these college coaches trying to FaceTime them and Zoom call them and all this stuff constantly. Hey, like, let, let's let's jump on Zoom. Let's jump on a FaceTime, all this stuff. And, and that's fine. But like, as someone who occasionally has to interview recruits for his job, these kids don't want to talk on the phone, man. And they, they really don't necessarily want to video chat with coaches, not not for a long time. Um, they'd much prefer a text that or, or, or a snap they're on TikTok, which is you know not really a, a chat app, obviously. For those of y'all who don't know what it is, that's kind of the next thing. If you feel like Snapchat snuck up on you, uh, look out for TikTok. That's that's coming. Uh, breaking breaking tech news here in, in minutes, you know, sixty two of the Nolcast. Uh, but with video games, here's the thing: you're playing this prospect live. You can line up one of your coaches or one of your sort of like recruiting assistant, you know, staffers to play them. The staffer puts his headset on. The recruit's also going to put their headset on so they can talk a little smack to him. And what you have is basically 30 or 40 minutes uninterrupted with this prospect. And that's something you don't get on the phone. For the most part, you're not getting 30 or 40 minutes of FaceTime with a kid. You're not getting, you're definitely not getting 30 or 40 minutes of phone talk. And if you text over a 30 or 40 minute span, the, the amount of actual conversation going on is going to pale in comparison to what you're going to be able to do when using a video game. And with the video games, it just makes so much more sense because the, the prospect is relaxed, man. Like they're in their own element. They're they're talking to you. They're also playing the game. There's a little bit of smack talk going on. It, it's just a really smart way to connect. And you know, nobody else is beeping in and interrupting you 
when they're playing, except for maybe the kid's mom, right? Like she might say, Hey, like, can you pause that? And you're like, no mom, it's like a live internet game. Like I can't, can't pause it. Uh, you know, back in our day, we could pause games usually. Although sometimes you'd say, you know, you tell your mom that you couldn't pause it. This is just a really smart way to get that under, uninterrupted attention and to get a feel for who a prospect is as a person. And, and I can't emphasize this enough. I think it's very important this year, especially that prospects figure out or excuse me, that schools figure out who they're recruiting in terms of as a person, uh, as you know, as a character type evaluation, and you're going to have to find ways to do that that do not involve in-person evaluation, or at least that do not involve multiple in-person evaluations, because there's a good chance that a lot of the guys you sign this year are not going to be taking multiple trips to campus. Now, some of them certainly still will. Some local prospects will still take plenty. But you're going to have a, a condensed recruiting period this year in which prospects are allowed to visit campus. And that's not going to allow you that much time to build relationships with these kids and figure out what this kid is really like. If you get a kid on, on, you know, on chat for 40 minutes over the headset, that, that's a little bit harder to, to fake and, and, and to kind of you know, put on a face for. That, that As a coach, you can kind of get a better feel for it. And here's kind of the genius, actually, and what A&M is doing, I gave them credit for this in the article. If you set up a tournament, you can kind of rig the tournament where the kid has to come back for his return date. <laughs> you know, like I'm putting my worst video game playing coach up first. And then like he can face the final boss, whoever that is on your staff, a little bit later. It's Jimbo. That's Jimbo on the yeah. sticks. Absolutely. Right. That would be hilarious. Uh-huh. Or, or maybe it's uh, um, Jimbo's oldest kid. Um, Trey? Maybe it's Trey. Yeah. Like maybe maybe at the very end you have to play Trey because because Trey's probably pretty good. Uh, hats off to Trey, by the way. He signed a uh, scholarship to I think Tennessee Martin, something like that. Um, oh shoot! For a kid who is that? Uh, what's his name? School is that? Uh, Randy Sanders School? I, d- I don't know. I think Sanders is at East Tennessee. Okay. Um, but good on Trey Fisherman. No, probably you know not not the easiest existence when your coach's son and everything played out the manner that it is and. Uh, that guy's probably five nine or so, but a really talented kid, and glad to see him be able to play college ball. No doubt, man. And by the way, used to actively recruit for Florida State while playing video games. So uh, very, very much, yeah, <laughs> very, very much tied to the conversation uh, that we're having right now. I believe he, uh, I believe he actually played a role in uh, Janorius Robinson's recruitment, if my memory uh, serves me well. But uh, yeah, yeah, so tied to the subject matter at hand. For sure, man, for sure. Okay, so uh, does the extended dead period benefit Florida State? I-, I think you can argue this both ways. So on the one hand, I will tell you no, because they need to be building these in-person relationships. They need to be making inroads. They need to be out making relationships with the high school coaches in this state, especially because a lot of the guys Coach Norvell brought did not have existing relationships within the state of Florida. We've discussed that extensively. It's a gamble on his part. I don't know if it will pay off or not. Uh, but on the other side, we know that Florida State is operating at a real kind of behind, like they're behind the eight ball when it comes to the recruiting process. And, and all the coaches who are new coaches this year uh, and everybody who's hired new in the early signing period uh, as well are, are behind that eight ball. And this does slow the process down for many of these recruits because they're not able to take these official visits to schools uh, and you know, kind of basically seal up the deal. And if they're not able to take officials until the fall, that does give Florida State a little bit more time uh, to to gain ground. Now, ultimately, 
I think I would probably side with the idea that, that this is not a positive thing for, for new staffs overall for the dead period to go this long. Like they really needed some time, I think, to get out and make those relationships in the spring because you're not able to get out and talk to coaches as nearly as much in the fall because you actually have games of your own to coach, right? Uh, but I, I do think it's possible to argue this thing both ways if you want to. So uh, with that, we'll we'll transition real quickly to uh, to just a couple kids to bring updates on, or, or you can give your opinion of. Uh, but uh, let's first talk about a Louisiana wide receiver. Certainly, an area to which Florida State's recruiting efforts have uh, have increased dramatically uh, with the with the introduction of the new staff and some of the pieces there. Uh, but uh, Destin Payson uh, is a wide receiver. A little bit undersized, but really talented kid. And currently, uh, all signs point to Florida State, When at least when you look at crystal ball projections. I put in the pick for, for, for Destin to Florida State. Uh, I know Steve Wilfong did as well. Uh, I think most of the 24-7 staff has. Louisiana this year, I believe, has six receivers in the state who are four- or five-star level prospects. And this is a, this is a guy that, that Coach Yak, is recruiting uh, for Florida State, and he has excellent relationships within the state of Louisiana. My, my position on the state of Louisiana is pretty clear, right? I'm always nervous if Florida State's going to try and go pull a kid out of Louisiana because, A, the first question I want to know is, like, does LSU want him? And clearly here, no, I, I, I don't think they do. Like, they're clearly not, not pushing for him much right now. My second question is, how likely is it that LSU is going to turn around and later decide that they want this guy? Because we've seen that, too. And we've seen that pretty often, you know, that all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Yeah, LSU does want the kid. Uh, like, remember remember the name Neil Farrell? Maybe four or five years ago? Florida State was really in on him. They were, they were going to sign him. And then, oh, you know, now actually we do want him. We have room. Come on, stay home. And given how hot LSU is right now on the recruiting trail and given that they just won the national title, uh, there, there's a pretty good chance that if they decide to flip the switch that they want Payson, uh, down the line, and they really push for him, that Florida State could have a heck of a battle on its hands. But right now, they do appear to be in really good shape for him. They've done a good job. And it seems like they were able to isolate maybe which of those kids in Louisiana LSU is not pushing that hard for, you know? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. Not pushing that hard for, and also a decent amount of circumstantial evidence that gives you some kind of buffering to to some kind of future pursuit uh, that would increase greatly. So if we're going to reference uh, crystal ball talk uh, with uh, with Destin there, we'll talk about a more local prospect, Amore Harvey. Look, if you look at his profile currently, I think it's somewhere around 80-20 uh, in Florida's favor over Florida State. But I, I don't think we're being like ridiculously optimistic to suggest that this is probably a little bit of a closer battle than that. I think Florida State's got a Got a better shot at a better shot at this kid than than maybe what you just take away at a quick glance at the crystal ball. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I I don't think this is the seventy thirty thing. I think this is probably more more fifty fifty or or maybe even somewhat in in Florida State's favor. Uh, so I, I I'm looking at Florida's recruiting at at the safety position, which is what Amari Harvey plays, and, and Harvey's not that big. And I you know I, I like Harvey fine as a prospect. I don't think he's necessarily. A game changer. Thinking about this here, I, you know, I look at it. Where does he? Where is Harvey on Florida's board? You know, it makes me wonder a little bit. Like, they already have a, a couple quality kids in the class. I know they're chasing some really big fish. Florida State seems to, to really like Harvey and, and seems to be pushing for him. 
they may be more in it from a standpoint of like sometimes kids go where they really want it. You know, I I just don't know what Florida's safety board totally looks like. Yeah, and if you can be the hometown school and you can recruit, uh, you know, full full out and and promise spots and have more clarity maybe in pursuing a kid, uh, I think there's reason for optimism uh, about Harvey there. All right, we'll pause now to welcome in Shannon Young and Chad Ringlinger of Resolution Home Loans, a longtime NOLCAST sponsor. We're related about all the people who are able to get in on the refinance wave, including myself. Uh, but with the shifting market and uncertain economy, there are other ways Shannon and Chad may be able to help you. Thanks, bud. Uh, we are, you're right. We are in uncertain times. And in these uncertain times, it's always good to have somebody here that's a trusted advisor that can help you navigate these waters. If you've missed out on the refinance, you know, drop your option to refinance the first time, have no fear. We can definitely take a look at all of your financial options. Give us a call. Let's take a, let's take a look and see what your overall entire debt profile is going forward. Maybe you have some student loans you want to consolidate. Maybe you have a car payment you want to get rid of. Maybe you have some credit cards out there that, you know, have very high interest rates. What we want to do is help you take a look at all of that to try to help put more cash in your pocket, you know, from day one. You know, nowadays people have more and more equity in their homes and they're paying much higher interest rates on their on their overall debt versus their, you know, just their first mortgage. We want to help you consolidate some of that, put some money back in your pocket, and really, you know, help you start investing into your future. Look, when you're talking to somebody regarding a mortgage, you don't want to talk to an order taker. You want to talk to a financial advisor, you want to talk to a debt manager, you want to talk to a wealth creator. And Shannon is that person. He's that trusted advisor to help you navigate this. And also, he's, I think, far too often people just focus on what's my interest rate currently. I have a great rate right now. It's more than just interest rate, it's your overall financial picture. And Shannon's the guy to talk to regarding that. Listen, if you have any questions at all, or you have anything that even something that, that you don't know how to navigate or anything on the, on the mortgage itself or any, or any type of debt you have, give us a call. Let us help you walk through this. Let us help you try to save a little bit of money, especially in these uncertain times. A final kid we're going to talk about in 2019, Florida State went into, went into Mobile uh, from a, a high school that produces athletes routinely and signed a kind of a big body cornerback uh, or at least member of the secondary in Sidney Williams. And they very much appear to be involved with a, a kid by the name of Cameron Grays at a blunt high school at a Mobile and uh, Gray looks to be a defensive back, so kind of similar size to Williams in the area that he's, you know, he's one somewhere around 6'1", 190, 200 pounds. Uh, interesting prospect. Yeah, a, a guy who I think can help Florida State's secondary. Pretty athletic, too, with some length. I don't know that he's like the most polished guy in the history of the world right now, but, but a guy that I think Florida State has done a good job emphasizing and identifying early on in the process. We'll, we'll have to see exactly where he is on FSU's board, but but he's a guy that I think can help them. Um, and what did we talk about about a month ago? We said, look, Florida State has got to identify guys right now who are not currently rated as, as four stars and who don't currently have the offers that a four-star type recruit would, would normally have. Because if they're able to do so, and this is much easier said than done, clearly, but if they're able to do so, then they will basically be on equal footing with all the other schools. And they have got to find a way to ID the kids that they're not way behind the eight ball for because other schools have been, you know, recruiting some of these kids 
for well over a year. And, and I'm interested uh, to see how that goes. But, but Cameron Grays is certainly a guy who I think could fit that description. Now, I'm not, not guaranteeing he'll end up as a four-star. I want to watch what he does as a senior, assuming that we have football played in this country you know, during their senior year. But this seems like a good job of either scouting by Florida State or by the guys who Florida State took from Auburn staff, being you know uh, Woodson and, and, and Dillingham, uh, saying, hey, like there was this kid that we liked when we were at Auburn. Not sure he'd be a take at Auburn at this point, but he's a dude like we wanted to keep an eye on. Florida State ch- takes a look at him and say, okay, yeah, huh? Well, uh, this this kid looks uh, looks pretty solid to us. Let's let's make a move on him, and that's how that works. So I, I think they're doing a, a fine job right now of trying to to ID kids. They're not reinventing the wheel. Everybody else is is also trying to go back and and really look at film and say, okay, like where's this kid on our board? And if he's not on our like above the line board, if he's sort of on that that sort of mid kind of not purgatory uh, part, but but if he's on that sort of like kind of midline level to where we might bump him up to a full offer and like accept an offer type situation, like is there something there uh, that we can go back and say, you know what? No, this kid needs to be a full time offer uh, and, and maybe do so. But every school is out there doing that, so that's not really a unique thing you can do right now. But it is something you have to do. All right, man. Uh, I think that's a probably brings an end to uh, to tonight's show. Unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on, uh, as always, want to thank our sponsors. Want to thank you, the listener. Uh, this is a interesting time to try to put together a podcast. So uh, we'll do our best to give you as much of an update as possible on kind of everything tied uh, to Florida State, while at the same time giving you some kind of idea as to when uh, we see maybe some sort of return uh, to sports normalcy. So. Uh, Bud, always enjoy this. Appreciate uh, everything that uh, that our sponsors are able to provide for us right now. And uh, we'll hopefully have a have another show here in the next uh, four to five days for people. Absolutely, buddy. Let's let's do it again. If you like the show, please give us five stars on iTunes. I know we, we've not been asking y'all recently for it, uh, but five stars on iTunes are always appreciated. We are the number one rated Knowles show out there. And we very much appreciate it if you keep us that way. And Here's the thing. If you've already rated us five stars and you, you still like us, go back and give us another five star. Uh, if, if it's been long enough, you're actually able to rate us multiple times. Apple really likes that that consistent feedback from fans and listeners that it helps keep us at the top of the chart. So we, we appreciate it if y'all can help us out in that way. This has been the Nolcast. The Nolcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright, and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles.